discouraging to you know follow someone because their spiritual messages are so great and then they turn around and say if you're fat you're unworthy in some way or you're doing something wrong you're bad and wrong for being bad Welcome to the Cosmic Laundry Podcast. I'm your host, Giselle Plamondon. I'm a clinical counselor and psychological astrologer, and I started this podcast to have real, grounded conversations and to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the mundane. On this podcast, we take mystical topics and we talk about them in a deep and impactful way. Every conversation is astrology infused, and it's my intention that each episode brings you into a deeper experience of your own humanness and your own divinity. You are divine, you are here for a reason, and no matter what you do or who you are, I believe that you have powerful magic to give to the world. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome back. Episode 11 and I am stoked. So I'm going to try not to make this intro too long. I want to get into the episode as quick as possible because it's a good one, um, but it's also about an hour long on its own. So a few of the things that I just wanted to say before we jump in are that I hope you are taking really good care of yourself. Uh, shit's heavy right now. There's, you know, cosmically, energetically, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, and then even just looking at everything that's happening with the pandemic and Black Lives Matter, and I'm sure a lot of you are having hard conversations with your friends, with your family, uh, shit's tough. And so it's really important that you're taking care of yourself while you are doing the work. So I hope that you guys have been educating yourselves. Um, If you are black or indigenous or a person of color, I hope that you have been celebrating your joy and, you know, taking extra good care of yourself. And I hope that this episode finds you... This is the coolest thing about podcasts is somebody could be listening to this a year from now when they really need it. And so no matter where you're at or, you know, when you're listening to this, I hope that this episode finds you exactly as you need it. Um, Today's episode might be triggering for people. Honestly, it might be triggering for everyone because we are talking about something that we are all deeply impacted by, which is diet culture uh, the politics of body positivity. Um, and we talk a little bit about the Saturn return. I'm trying to think about all the things that we talk about, but most of it is, uh, the body diet culture, body politics, all of those types of things. We talk a little bit about, um, 
attitudes towards fatness and the spiritual community. Um, yeah, we talk about a lot of different things. And so one of the things that I uh, want you guys to know is that we will be having more conversations about this topic moving forward uh, with multiple different people. So today's perspective and, you know, this conversation is really from a white perspective. I think that's really important to note because, uh, you know, the body positivity movement in itself was not really, you know, it was founded by black women. Um, and this conversation was had before the Black Lives Matter movement really blew up. I think Mary and I talked about this literally back in April. So this conversation is about three months old. Uh, I just had such a backlog of interviews that it's been taking me some time to get them all out. Um, but I think that's really important to note is that there is intersectionality in this. And what Mary and I are talking about today is mostly from a uh, white perspective, and that's important to note. Um, with that being said, I'm really, really excited to have Mary on this episode. She is a longtime friend of mine. We met when we were probably like 12 or 13, and she has been with me through, you know, just life. You know, she witnessed. So much of the shit that I went through in high school, we lived together for a brief period in our early 20s, um, you know, we've traveled together, so she has been a pivotal person uh, throughout my life, especially my adult life, and she's a very dear and close friend. She's also the first person that, you know, kind of brought me into spirituality. She was starting to you know, do Reiki trainings and play with Oracle cards and all of that kind of stuff way before it blew up and became cool. Um, and she was probably the first, you know, spiritual person that I knew who was still grounded. Before her, all of the spiritual people that I'd met were kind of kooky and kind of weird and I just didn't get it. I thought that they were kind of insane, to be honest. Uh, so she really brought me into this world in many different ways, and she has been a powerful mentor for me in um, many different things. She's incredibly knowledgeable, knowledgeable, wow, um, about everything from politics to spirituality, um, you know, feminism. She's kind of my go-to for a lot of stuff because she has this really beautiful ability to understand the spiritual perspective of things without losing sight of the politics and the action that needs to be taken in order for uh, the world to be better. So if you can't tell from that nice little introduction, she is an Aquarius rising, uh, Virgo moon, and Scorpio sun. So she's incredibly powerful and wonderful and amazing, and I hope you love this episode. If you do, please leave a review that helps to get this out into more people's ears. Um, it helps me to grow the podcast, and it helps me to know 
what types of conversations you guys are loving and what to uh, gear future conversations and interviews towards. Hope you're all well. Happy, happy, happy solstice. And we will talk very, very, very soon. Oh, also quickly, quick warning. Um, in this audio, I was having some Zoom issues, which is why I am no longer recording using Zoom. It is trash. Fuck that thing. Um, but I was having some Zoom issues, so there's some parts where the audio is really irritating and annoying. And to all of my HSP babes, I am very, very, very sorry. Also, uh, Mary is outside for parts of the podcast, which I personally love because it feels very human. You can hear the wind, you can hear the geese, it almost feels like you're, you know, on the Saskatchewan prairies, and that is really nice, but also can be irritating if you're not expecting it. So just a little FYI, the audio on this episode isn't amazing, but it's real. Okay, if I get to the point where my mental health is like so so because of Saturn return, what do I need to do to bulk up mm. that area of my life so it's not gonna affect me to the point of like debilitating the way I operate in the world? So oh, wow. I did a lot of work around like so my my big thing with mental health was like body image so I did a lot like a lot of work around that in the past few years we've done a lot of like self-worth work so those two were like the main pillars of things that could really tear me down and make it hard for me to operate the way I like to operate at right so I have noticed that I'm more prone I think it's just like compounded like personal like Saturn return stuff and whatever and then pandemic stuff always just I think has gives life the opportunity to bring up stuff that you maybe haven't thought about for a while so I had some like body image issue stuff when this first all started because of lower product productivity levels like mm. had that whole battle with myself of oh I'm just sitting in my basement and then going upstairs and sitting on my couch and then going upstairs and going to bed and like not doing anything in between those things other than working and eating and sitting on my phone. And at least I felt like while I was at work, at least I'm walking around. I have to walk from my car to my office and I usually try to stop at the gym on the way home to go for another walk. So I felt the, the lack of activity really quick and it immediately shifted my mind to blame like oh mm -hmm. you're not trying hard enough like and it, that's just not accurate <laughs> so I I had a blip of it but I quickly realized that that's just myself attacking myself not reality yeah I I totally resonate with that I think that this pandemic is gonna be very difficult for most people that have struggled with either their relationships with their body or food. And, and that's most people, right? I don't think I know anyone that's had zero struggles with that. So it's really interesting seeing how different people are navigating that. And then also just seeing how like disordered eating is coming out so like 
<laughs> intensely on Instagram and Twitter and all of these different things with the ways that people are, you know, helping, quote unquote, helping other people not get fat during a pandemic. Like, it's just so wild to me that that's what so many people are focused on right now. Like we are living through history and you're worried about gaining weight. It, it's, I get it. Like I understand I've been there. I've been in the like body image downward spiral that is, you know, it's not fun to be in that, but it, it's really illuminating for me anyways, like how unhealthy our society is towards just like body in general. Yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting too, now that everyone has time on their hands how quickly it goes into like, oh, if I gain 15 pounds, my life's over. I can't go out in public after this. And it's like, those people didn't have time because they were so focused on, you have to be at the gym for three hours and then I have to meal prep for four hours. So they didn't have time to like process that and put that energy out into the world. And now they do have time. So it feels like almost overwhelming to be on the internet for me again, which like, the internet is so can be so great but so toxic for people with body image issues and people that are trying to get out of body image issues especially I find like you follow the wrong person and they say one thing about okay if you just drink three liters of charcoal lemonade I promise you'll (laughs) lose 15 pounds in three weeks you're like I need that I just want to yeah. lose 15 pounds in three weeks, please. So it's just been an onslaught. And for me to be like, you know, I'm, it's 2020. I'm like five years into like hardcore being careful about who I follow and what messages I give my body and like stuff like that. And it's still can affect me to the point of like oh maybe I am doing something wrong if I just tried that one thing maybe I wouldn't look the way I look it's just like you come back to reality and you're like that's just not true like there's no product out there that's gonna make me look different is one thing but then on top of that even if I look different would I feel better like probably not the issue is deeper yeah. than looking in the mirror and seeing like a socially acceptable body. It's like the relate your personal relationship with your body has nothing to do with the way you value society's opinion. It's the way you've internalized society's opinion and projected it onto yourself. So there's like that piece missing for a lot of people is like, oh, well, I love my body anyway. And that's a good message, but it's also like, there's still, you might love your body, but it doesn't mean that your body's accepted by society still. So there's like, there's three parts to it. So it's just been interesting. Like I followed one girl and that's been her Instagram for the past month is just like, I need four people that want to lose 30 pounds in a month or something. It was like that sounds so unhealthy and to like be able to immediately recognize that that's unhealthy instead of an opportunity made me feel pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good point. That's how you know. Recognize it instead of falling for it. Yeah. 
Do you think that like body acceptance, is that getting better or is it getting worse? Or what are your opinions on that? I think it's getting like quite a bit better. It's just, it's going to be a slow process and it's, it's weird to like, I don't know if that's a process that I have any place in other than taking personal responsibility. So it's like an awkward position to be in. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the way it is with a lot of stuff. Like I have no responsibility over anyone but myself in regards to accepting other people's bodies or their own, like my body, your body. I can only be responsible for myself and try to stop negative talk when I'm around. Like, yeah, I, I find that I notice it more and I'm more likely to be like, what are you talking about? That's crazy to say that out loud. Why would you say that out loud? And people, I don't think realize like how, how negatively they talk about themselves, even out loud. Like I'm blown away by even like dudes that I've hung around. They're like, oh, I'm, I can't run. I'm so fat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You just ran around the bases or whatever. I don't get what you're saying. Like, it's just such a bizarre internal world that becomes external and people are also fighting that same battle so you don't notice it until you I guess like have your come to God moment about it and then you're like wow we're all super fucked up and it's really fucked up that we say this about ourselves and about other people like it's it's just so unimportant in the grand scheme of things and we've made it such a priority yeah yeah, I feel like there was so much in that statement that I just want to unpack. What was your, like, come to God moment? Is that what you called it? Come to God? Come- <laughs> yeah, that's what I called it, I guess. I don't know. If- <laughs> what was that moment for you? I was doing a lot of work. I, like, worked with someone. She, did, she marketed this program really well because I was still deeply, like, wanting to be someone different and like didn't know how to do it and I like got in my head that it must be you know a past life thing I'm carrying weight from past lives that's the reason why I can't lose weight so I started working with this woman that had marketed it in the way of somehow like you using your spirituality to discuss weight or something I don't know I can't remember the exact wording but I understood it that if I worked with her, I would lose Mm -hmm. weight through unpacking past lives or getting rid of spiritual trauma, whatever. So I like when it started working with her and halfway through the program, I think I was like working away. So I had lots of time to think and like process what we talked about. We did lots of affirmations and she just like slowly would put stuff in my head of like, oh, so I understand you want to lose weight and that's like a fine thought to have, but what if you started like rubbing lotion on your body just to thank your body for everything it did today? Like your body Mm -hmm. still does everything that you want to do. Right. And it was like, Oh yeah. Like I can do anything. Like I Mm -hmm. have a pretty physical job. I go to the gym. Like there's nothing that I can't do. And so it just started slowly like that. And then I started realizing like, Oh, the people that I follow on Instagram aren't 
really empowering that way. Like they're treating their bodies like crap and then saying my body is like useless. I'm useless until I get to this weight. And I was like, Oh, I don't really agree with that anymore. So I started following other people and then you know how the internet is it's just a big rabbit hole. And eventually yeah. I got to the point where I was just following people that were unapologetically saying, I, my body is my body and whether it's doing what it needs to do every day or what I expect it to do every day or not, it's still my body and it still deserves respect and love. So I'm operating that way. And at first it was like, "Mm, I don't know, but I'll keep following just, it's like better than what it was before. So I'll just keep following. And then I eventually followed a woman that posted like, fat boudoir pictures and I was like oh that girl looks like me and she looks really good and then I was like oh I've never ever thought that about myself or anyone else that looks like me I've never thought anyone that looks like me looks beautiful or whatever and then I like had a phone call with this person I was working with and I was like I think I'm realizing that there's actually nothing to change about me and she's like yes that's the whole point of this she was a therapist right she was a therapist like yeah social worker kind of yeah 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 Yeah, that's like the best moment for a therapist it's like yes finally they got (laughs) it we're here yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it was crazy So it like, is it, wild too how it like becomes a slow process, right? Like it, it's not like you just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I see the light. Things are different. I can start to, you know, change my language around my body and food and all of these different things. It's like slowly over time. And then you look back and you go, oh, I was in a really dark place before. But you just don't notice it when you're in it. Yeah. Like the voice in your head that says I'm not worthy or I don't deserve to eat or whatever is so like blends in so seamlessly with your daily thought. Like I didn't even realize how awful I was to myself until I started paying attention. Like even starting with like the lotion thing, I was like, Oh, I've never actually like liked, like I was, I had a really, really poor self image. Like there was nothing. I, I didn't like my fingers didn't like my fingernails like to the littlest details there was like nothing that I liked about myself and like just getting like oh like my ankles are kind of like just like weird body parts you're like oh like if you Mm -hmm. separate that from the rest of my body that's a nice ankle or whatever I can't even remember but it was just yeah it is such a slow process (laughs) I'm really thankful I like got tricked into participating in this program because I I don't know what like I can't imagine being like almost 30 and still talking to myself like that I don't know if I would have the job that I have like I you probably wouldn't dress as fly as you do yeah Yeah, I would not have I've ever seen would not have the confidence to pull off half that stuff oh but you look so good every time we go for coffee I'm like showing up in sweats I'm like there's Mary in a full fashion outfit looking so good all the time but yeah you're right you'd be a different person yeah 
right? I find even for myself, like I'm pretty conscious now of the way that I speak about food, the way I speak about my body, but I'll catch myself saying things. And then I'm like, what the fuck just came out of my mouth? Like, I can't remember, I was talking to somebody the other day, I think it might've been my sister. And I think I literally said to her, I am so thankful that thighs are in style right now. Cause I have thick thighs. Right. And they're like mm-hmm. a thing now. It's like a trend. Everyone's trying to get them. And I'm like, Oh man, I've had these my whole life. And then I was like, did I just like talk about body parts as though they're like a fashion trend that come in and out of style. So it's really <laughs> like so interesting when you start looking at the language that we use, even around talking about women's bodies or men's bodies too, but I think more so, especially with the trendiness aspect or the fashion aspect, we like compartmentalize people's bodies into like a good and bad or in style and not in style. And it's bizarre. It's no wonder that we all have issues. Oh, did it cut out? No, it's good. Sorry. I was just checking to see if I was on Wi-Fi or not. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Um, But yeah, so I caught myself the other day just saying that out loud and being like, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, I have done that before too, where I'm like, have, it's especially when I'm like already stressed, like my first thing when I'm stressed is to immediately go into negative self-talk about not being productive or not accomplishing things but then that can quickly turn into the reason why you're not productive or you're not accomplishing things is because of your body like it's just like the two go together for me like I'm fat therefore I'm not productive because I'm lazy blah 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 like I was going to work one day and was already like worked up it was a busy time at work like I was working overtime every day and still feeling like I couldn't get on top of everything. And I just remember like looking at my wrists and was like, oh my God, my wrists are disgusting. And then I was like, what a wild <laughs> thing to say. That's the weirdest thing I've ever said that I've noticed yeah. at least. Like, oh, your wrists are disgusting. Like who says that? So then at least the voice, I can pick it out enough that I'm like, wow, that's great. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop letting that voice yeah. in but at least I know the tenor of the voice in my head so that I can be like girl you're crazy there's nothing yes. fucking wrong with my wrists <laughs> no and it is wild how we do that Chantelle and I literally the other day were like waiting in line like getting our Dairy Queen before we hit home and she all of a sudden out of nowhere looks at me she was like you have such beautiful girl hands she's like my hands look like a 55 year old farmer's I have sausage fingers I just went in this whole dialogue about her fingers and I was like what are we doing right now and it almost becomes comical when you start to notice how often we do that and how like ridiculous some of those thoughts are but they just come up and and like yeah it's just it's almost a good sign when you start to notice them and then be able to laugh at them because you're starting to realize how ridiculous they are but when you're first starting that journey it can feel really discouraging because you realize how often you speak so negatively to yourself about everything you know yeah yeah I'm so curious Kay I'd love to go into just some certain things like I feel very blessed to have you as one of my closest friends, because we get to have these conversations all the time. And like, 
you're constantly challenging the way I see things, not just in terms of like body image, but you're just so knowledgeable about so much stuff. And I'd love to touch on um, the term fat and why we should be using it and not shying away from using it and not using other like fluffy terms <laughs> for the same word. Yeah, that's a great thing to talk about. Uh, it's just, I was the same way, I guess. Like I hated, like I would rather be dead than call myself fat when I was a te- especially when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and uh now I'm like how it's not any different than saying I'm tall or that I wear glasses it's literally just a part of my uh physicality and there's nothing wrong with it I think the big problem people have with it is that it was such a negative thing previously like fat equals bad like a lot of people mm-hmm. still have that in their mind but that's just it's not true so I think that's part of the reclamation of that is that doesn't equal bad so therefore I'll call myself fat like um I'm fat but that doesn't mean I'm not a good person I'm fat but that doesn't mean I'm not beautiful kind of stuff yeah. so like saying I know people are really in their feelings about the term overweight right now too because it's like over what weight like I don't know everything that we know about weight has been so skewed by bullshit science like it's not Mm -hmm. not good science like even BMI is not I would anyone that tries to talk to me about BMI like a doctor or like personal trainers that I've worked with in the past I'm just like okay I'm totally checking out of this conversation now because that means nothing to me Mm -hmm. my like BMI is based on the male body trying to go to space or something like that like right yeah they use like for astronauts I think right yeah just completely useless for anyone in normal life so and it's from like the 1800s so like I've I've started to operate under like there's you know the theory of evolution and people just assumed it stopped but Mm. I was like I am taller than both my parents and I'm you know I'm I'm fatter than both my parents I think so that and like I'm taller than my grandparents and I'm probably taller than my great-grandparents by quite a bit so it's just like people just assumed evolution stopped once humans were around and like if you compare heights and weights of humans from the 1400s to now I would assume it's quite different like the world that we live in is constantly changing and I don't know why we would assume we constantly wouldn't Mm -hmm. change with the world like especially in Saskatchewan just thinking of living here you have so much room there's so much room to cover so people are getting taller and there's less to do so there's more room to move around in but there's less to do so getting taller and fatter just makes sense to me Mm -hmm. I don't know and who knows if that's accurate I'll probably never know but that's just like how I've decided to look at it I am fatter than my ancestors because of evolution fair and 
I think it, it, yeah, again, like you keep saying all these things and I just want to like dive into everything. I feel like we could have a four hour long conversation, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm curious about, cause again, like I think a really big part of like being an ally or doing like bringing some sort of, wow, words are escaping me today. Like just balancing out the scales. Like if you're starting to get into something and wanting to um, change something, we have to change the way that we think about things or, and the way that we speak about things. So in terms of like being an ally for like fat people, what are like the words that are just like, so BMI is something obviously that is kind of like a no-go in terms of having conversations about it. But what are some of the other things that people can do in terms of watching their language surrounding things? So I guess the biggest one would be like, don't use your fat friends or family as a soundboard for like your diet talk. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like it's just unhelpful to talk to any fat person about your diet. Like even whether they're still in diet culture or not, even yeah. if your fat friend is trying to lose weight, it's just something like even personally that was such a hard hurdle for me to get over with my friends as we'd start talking diet and I'm like oh yeah I'm like basically starving myself and I'm gaining weight so I don't know what I'm doing wrong haha ha. and right. it just like automatically ostracizes you from the friend group assuming everyone's thin but yeah uh so yeah the diet talk even just for in people's mental health I would recommend really yeah. looking into health at any size it's a book about how diet culture is like really really fucking awful for every yeah. human on earth but yeah so quit the diet talk don't talk about your diet don't recommend a diet like don't talk about your dad's diet that lost him 150 pounds it doesn't matter no one cares and it's it's awful for fat people's mental health in my opinion mm -hmm. <clears throat> the other thing would be i think if if people are talking about your fat friend or fat people in general around you like like jokingly or in a like a rude way get to the point where you can maybe speak up about it i know yeah. that was something like i felt totally alone in like trying to stick up for myself or stick up for other people like it's so hard to do as the fat person in the group to say I'm fat so I don't know why you're joking about that person that is smaller than me or you know lifting up a shirt and saying oh my god it's a tent and that's the size that I wear like stuff like that is so like again really horrible for fat people's mental health and so uninteresting just yeah. personally I find it super uninteresting to talk about people's weight in a joking way I just don't understand the joke and I've started responding that way I don't get the joke explain it to me <laughs> that's a really good way to deal with that do you still yeah. get like microaggressions do people say things like that in front of you still or was that more of like when you were younger like what's your experience with those types of microaggressions been it's mostly from being a teen being a teenager fucking sucks like even yeah. i consider myself to be like a fairly popular person within my little small town and the surrounding area fairly popular still... literally one of the most popular people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah 
<laughs> but still, like, still would get it. You like go to school and someone making some comment and it's like, oh, I can joke about it because I'm your friend. I'm like, that didn't feel very fucking friendly. Like, I did some <laughs> comments and I'm like laughing yeah. only so I don't start crying kind of yeah. thing. And but it, yeah, stayed pretty bad. I think from like a spiritual perspective, I just invited that into my life because I felt so poorly about myself mm-hmm. until I got to the point of not thinking poorly of myself because even when I'd go to the bar like I remember getting like horrible comments from some guys and just being like stunned like what do I even say to that like and none of my friends knowing what to say either like they don't it's not that they don't agree or whatever like if they're saying I'm fat that's not something to disagree with but like how do you respond when they're meaning it in like a derogatory way like yeah Yeah. I'm fat but who cares like I don't know it was just like an awkward position to be in and then just like I find people almost let their guard down around me in that way because they're expecting me to like correct them like oh I'm gonna try and say this in front of Mary like not consciously but like I'm gonna say this in front of Mary and see what she says like because I always will respond like I had someone yeah like hold up a t-shirt in front of me and some of my coworkers and be like oh my god who could even wear the shirt it's so big and I was like that's the size I would have to wear and they're like oh I'm sorry I didn't like it it always comes down to you don't seem that big okay well I am I don't know what to tell you like right I, I am that fat and I would wear that shirt so I'd appreciate if you just wouldn't do that in front of me or ever preferably yeah just wouldn't make any of those comments about people's size and weight it's also just so bizarre how like common that is again we start paying attention to it how often we are in conversation about other people's bodies without even realizing it yeah exactly yeah yeah and the fat people in your life are always going to be way more aware of that than you are so just yeah like you bringing it up isn't helping in any way shape or form like just be conscious of that and then on a more serious like uh political level Mm -hmm. like look into what your company's policies are around that like whether I know I don't know too much about Canada still I haven't looked into it but it doesn't seem as bad like I've I not that I haven't felt the effects of it but I don't think it's like prevalent like it is in the states but you can like get fired for being fat you cannot get a house for being fat stuff like that so yeah look into what that about and, things like um like health insurance and stuff in Canada when you oh, I haven't applied in a long time do they ask for your weight and everything it's been a while since I've applied but I'm assuming they do that's like a it's considered a pre-existing condition wow yeah so your life insurance is less not so much health insurance in Canada but your life insurance doesn't equal out to as much and in the states it would be health insurance maybe wouldn't cover as much life insurance I'm assuming would be down but again like I don't don't know know much about that but just being aware of that and maybe if you're feeling I know I don't want to you know like make you feel like you have to do this stuff it's just something start rolling over in your mind if you're working for a company and you look into it and they can fire people if they're fat maybe bring it up with your boss and see where it goes from there like I know I I try to do that kind of stuff for like women Mm. in 
in my industry, like I work in, in construction and I try to always have that conversation about, we could always be doing better about yeah. hiring women in construction. So. Yeah. That's one of the things that I love about you is you're always in conversation about the things that you're passionate about, you know, and you really like, walk the talk is that the proper saying wow my brain is really not working today what the fuck (laughs) i think that's right (laughs) yeah i think it is but like you actually do what you say you're gonna do you don't just like talk about all these like political things and these beliefs like you live them which i think is really cool you said some really interesting things about the spiritual community and weight loss and, and all of those weird, bizarre things that we're told that contribute to weight. Did you see my post the other day about the, the tweet? I, you know, I screenshotted the tweet yes. and then I posted it on Instagram. Like, don't listen to this stuff. Yeah, I did. I did see about like the water or something. Yeah, I, I remember. Oh my god it was something about like oh if you're trying to connect to your spirit guides and you're having a hard time try not eating for a week because fasting really helps and like there's a grain like a tiny grain of truth to that in terms of like food weighs the physical body down and if you're trying to connect spiritually it does help to eat lighter it does help to maybe eat a vegan diet it does all of these different things but don't fucking starve yourself on a whim because some tweet told you that you might be able to talk to your spirit guides like it's just so bizarre some of the stuff and like I remember the first time I heard the concept of like people carrying weight because of spiritual or past life trauma and I wasn't super into the spiritual community yet and I remember thinking like what in the actual fuck that is the most insane thing I have ever heard but there's so much of this stuff just like floating around and like people in the spiritual community are very awake in many many ways but they are very asleep in many others you know yeah yeah so, yeah I I find it like it I have to be so careful about who I follow spiritually yes. yeah because a lot of the the information is not practical and not grounded and not rooted in science and I definitely think that like can science tell us everything about everything no absolutely not there are some things in the world that are just cannot be explained by science but there are some things that can be, and the physical body is one of those things that, you know, maybe we should be paying more attention to, like, what it feels like physically to be in a body, more so than thinking about, like, how to change your body from a spiritual perspective. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about the law of attraction in terms of being able to change your body through that, too, which is just so, all of it, it it's, I'm sure people are well-meaning, but it can go into really ugly territory, I think, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's discouraging to, you know, follow someone because their spiritual messages are so great. And then they turn around and say, if you're fat, you're unworthy in some way or you're doing something wrong. You're bad and wrong yeah. for being fat. And it's just like, okay, like I can choose to either believe that and live my life in constant like chasing Mm -hmm. 
of a body that I most likely will never have and be completely unhappy and probably never achieve all the stuff that I'm supposed to achieve in this lifetime because I've instead devoted all of my time and energy to this pointless endeavor or I can just unfollow that person like I've unfollowed some like really popular like astrologists and stuff because Mm -hmm. their message it's not like they post it every day and it's not like it's their main message on their on their whatever Instagram but if it comes up even once a month that's too much for me so what kind of messages are you seeing sometimes from people in the spiritual community that are triggering or harmful so yeah that that would be the the worst one is if you're fat you're doing something wrong and something bad and the only way to to not be wrong and bad is to start doing you know like week-long fasts or only drink juice right now because this energy is a is happening or stop eating almonds right now because this energy is happening like I just find that to be really hard to comprehend and if the message then turns into oh you don't understand this because you're not at my level then that's like an extra red flag anyone that claims that they have extra knowledge because they're not eating almonds right now just like that's a sign that you're going into the place of every thought in my head is divine and therefore I should share it with the world Yes. Okay. That is such a good point. I actually talked about this the other day um, in the cosmic psychology program when I was talking about the low road of Sagittarius and that's what can come up. So um, people like Hitler and like Stalin, I think too, there's certain things in the birth chart that are really connected to this like Jupiterian energy, which in the highest road is just the teacher. It's like the spiritual teacher who teaches and, you know, practices and teaches and practices. But in the, the most extreme low road version of this is literally what you just said, that idea that all of my thoughts are divine. They all come from God and therefore they're all accurate. And that gets so dangerous so quickly, which is why I think it's so important for people to be wary of spiritual teachers that aren't open enough to accept that they are going to be wrong sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's insane that like, and it, I, like well for some people I'm sure it's immediate but for some people it's just like getting those doses of power from someone being like wow I've never thought about that that way you saying it that way changed my perspective on this and now I'm going to go forward thinking that way and then just over time you just buy into that to the point of like that's where I think a lot of these like spiritual conspiracy theories come from like I've heard a lot of those during this pandemic time Tell me your favorite one. I am so knee deep in spiritual conspiracy theories right now. I love them. I think they're so interesting. Oh man, the ones that I've heard are like, I don't think anything will come of them, but they're like borderline, like what happens in your head that like, that's the thing you're going to go forward with. But like the one that I heard is the whole reason for this pandemic is to eventually expose like an underground like human trafficking ring yeah and that it didn't actually start in Wuhan it actually started in Canada and they just didn't tell us and Justin wow. Trudeau's a part of this human trafficking ring and they're gonna <laughs> expose him and I'm like holy fuck that's pretty hard to follow like I don't know 
I and then I'm immediately like sources question mark yeah. like you're if this is like a thing that's popping up in your brain yeah I need you to oh. take that turn that and put it back inside your brain do not share that with the world because some people buy into that yeah you know like <laughs> I need you to take that and put that back inside your brain <laughs> yeah and like it's interesting too because so I I know exactly what you're talking about I listened to the entire documentary because I was and it's like three hours long I was like <laughs> I need to know what these people are thinking and it's interesting for sure like it, it's kind of like watching like a tv show about conspiracies right you get so interested yeah. and you're like what's next tell me what's more and then there's like a plot twist and you're like damn I didn't expect that but then when you sit down and like really put it all together you're like what in the actual fuck there would have to be some very like high level stuff going on like people can't organize like what they're gonna eat for supper let alone <laughs> organize this entire thing and this entire battle between good and evil but yeah so the the uh, whole thing is about the illuminati but yeah people are changing it they're calling it the cabal or whatever um and justin trudeau is connected apparently through his father um and the you know the the evidence that they use for this Justin Trudeau must be involved in human trafficking because he's friends with John Gomeshi like that is literally like the logical fallacies are so wild and they <laughs> they talk about a lot of things that are so inaccurate and just don't make sense at all like I think the weirdest thing in the whole documentary was um something about celebrities using face cream that has baby's blood in it and that's how oh they stay so god. young looking right oh my god <laughs> people get so insane and this is why i think like normal people quote unquote normal people don't trust the spiritual community because there are some people that go so bizarre and so deep that you can't not look at some of the things that people say and be like, that is crazy. You are, you are a crazy person, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the um, instructor that my sister had when she was going to military college that shared with them like a story about some like healer that they went to see for his son? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it's like my favorite story of all time, and I wish I'd been there to actually see him tell the story, but she tells a good storyteller, so I, I trust that I got a good transmission of it, <laughs> but um, one of her teachers when she was in college um, had a friend who had, their, their kid was sick, and I, I can't remember what he was sick with, but they tried everything. They tried like Western medicine, like went to a naturopath, all these different things, and so they decided like, okay, maybe we have to try these alternative therapies. And then they kept hearing there was like this woman in their community that was like renowned for her spiritual healing abilities. And everyone was saying like, she fixed this and she fixed this and she healed this. So they decided to go see her. And when they got there, 
she said, okay, so what did she exactly say? I wish I had Chantel on here so she could tell the story. It was really funny when she told it. But essentially, so she took this guy, the kid's energy, so I don't understand how you do that, put it in this little machine that was like shaking and told them that it was going off to a star to be fixed and then it would come back and she put the energy back into the kid and then started telling them about how like he wasn't sick he didn't have the disease that they were told that he had he actually was possessed by a low-level demon and the spirit of a raccoon oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's like something out of like a will smith parody movie you know yeah, no doubt <laughs> <laughs> I have never laughed so hard in my life and I remember that was at about the same time that I was starting to get into astrology and I was trying to convince my family that this stuff is real that there are things that we don't like we don't totally understand what's going on with everything and like I was starting to get into the spiritual community and Chantel called me that day like she was still very skeptical about astrology and she's like you sound like this lady and then she told me that story and I was like did I ever get that crazy like oh no, my god this was not the same. <laughs> I was oh. so offended I don't think I've ever been so pissed off oh uh, lord and yeah. then it was funny it was like a month later she was like you don't talk to me about astrology anymore and I was like because you compared me to that crazy raccoon lady <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it, it does get pretty wild yeah all of that stuff, but which is like a fair thing because it's the possibility of anything so I don't know well, if you want to believe a raccoon is possessing your son and you want to pay thousands of dollars to fix it that's your prerogative I guess but definitely it's it that's where it makes it, it tough to like navigate this world and what I struggle with is because I'm such like a rules and boundaries person and that's why yeah. like growing up religion was like really something that I participated in because mm -hmm. there were there were rules that you could follow and like this is right and this is wrong so that like for for me it was just like okay that makes sense but then you start questioning everything mm -hmm. and you get into the world of like oh like I I believe in past lives now and I believe that like you know in past life healing and stuff like that and having like really great experiences with card readings and whatever and then it gets more and more like murky because you're like I I believe in this stuff mm -hmm. but where are the rules and boundaries so that I I don't you know trek into unknown territory and get swindled out of money for nothing like I I just struggle yeah. with that stuff so I, I guess I just had to trust that my instincts would leave me in the right direction or my intuition would lead me in the right direction and I think it has so far I've like yeah my bullshit meter is pretty sensitive probably to the point where I don't give people a chance that maybe deserve to have a chance mm. or that would be like really great for me but I don't know I I still try to treat this spirituality like freedom thing like it's still 
something to believe in. Like, it's not the be mm-hmm. all and end all. It's what I've chosen to believe in. Yeah. So it's just interesting to try to navigate a new, I guess, religion that has no rules. Anyone and everyone can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, it is like it's a no man's land. You know, yeah. like I found a, a post online today about astrology. And I think it was like from someone that claimed that they were an astrologer on Tumblr. And it was so inaccurate. And the information, in my opinion, was really harmful. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how many people have read this astrology post? Like like a little meme thing. Believe that this is true and is now having a really shitty day about it. So it was essentially like about empty houses in astrology and about how have any have to do with that house so think about how many houses are about like money so you have no planets in the seventh house in the like astrology post means that you will never have a relationship empty houses are chill they're easy they're light there's no struggle with them so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would be fucked if that was accurate. I have a lot of empty houses. <laughs> yes, most of us do. So I was just like shaking my head at how much misinformation is out there. And it's just sad because on the one hand, obviously we don't want certain things to be protected. Like I would not want to have to get a university degree to be an astrologer or something like that. But on the other hand, it's like anyone can just say like, I read tarot. I'm an astrologer. I'm a psychic, you know, there's no process for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part. And I guess that's where your intuition comes in and it sucks that (laughs) you have to rely on yourself to navigate. And that can be really hard for some people. Yeah. And then it just pushes them away. Yeah. And I think it's really like for me, the biggest red flag with finding because I love to learn from new people like I'm always looking for new spiritual teachers and people who are talking about these things but um for me it's a huge red flag when anybody says like this is 100% like the capital T truth like what I'm speaking is truth because there's no way to ever know that I could wake up tomorrow and decide that astrology isn't real so I am 100% not putting my identity into astrology being real. If you presented me with enough information to show that it was not real, I would probably stop doing what I do. And I think that that is a really important thing because otherwise you get, you end up becoming so close-minded. And so I'm super wary of any teacher spiritually, especially that says that their knowledge is like 100% fact always, because there's no way to know with this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, are you still doing card reading? I technically have them open to people, but I don't push too hard. I don't even think I would be able to like do it right now feeling the way I feel like I, I just, yeah, focused on just doing the work that I like absolutely need to be doing right now for my job. And then the rest of the time, I'm just like, um, today I'm gonna watch 
the great Canadian baking show and that's the only <laughs> thing I really want to accomplish so I'm like this new normal for me is like especially tough because I am such like a productivity driven yeah. person like to the point of like exhaustion it wasn't good for me like I I met with Sarah like a couple weeks ago and was like yeah I just realized that like every time I used to get home from work I would have to like lay down for the rest of the night like I would have to like convince myself to eat something and then I would do like nothing else as soon as I walked in my house mm-hmm. and that's not sustainable like what am, no. how am I supposed to like move on with my like social life or like a romantic life if I like get home and can't physically do anything or like even mentally like I'd get yeah. home and like turn on trash tv that I didn't have to pay attention to to like that's how hard I had to work to unwind from a pretty standard day so yeah. like I'm fine like I'm unwinding a lot of layers around like productivity and yeah especially because it's a two-sided coin for me on one hand I'm like oh you barely did anything like you've worked jobs where you work 16 hours a day and like did like physical labor for like 14 hours a day and drove all over the province and were by yourself and like that was hard work but like I find that I'm equally as exhausted some days getting home from my like seven and a half hour day at the office Mm -hmm. where and I'm like I can't comprehend that right now and I'm hoping by the end of all this I will be able to because even now some days I'm like if I put more than two hours of effort into this today I'm gonna have to quit my brain can't handle it like there were days where I'd be like I'm just gonna put that I'm in a meeting and I'm taking a nap and I'll work tonight because like I can't be awake right now so like I think it's partly stress from all of this like pandemic stuff and like Mm. realizing what the world's going through like being sensitive to that and trying to be like empathetic to that but also Mm -hmm. like dealing with some shit around like what I thought my productive life was gonna be like because at first it was like if we don't get back to normal before May I'm gonna (laughs) lose it (laughs) yes I know Okay, so I'm so curious about, do you think that that connection to productivity and that desire to constantly be moving, 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 because you are one of the hardest working and busiest people that I know, like you work so hard. And so I'm just curious, do you think that that comes from being a woman in a male dominated work environment? Like, do you feel like you have to work harder because of that? I think, yeah, I think that's one of the things when I started working in like 2011, got my first job, like my, my internship or whatever, walked into work and was like, I have no idea like what to expect, what I'm going to be doing. I'm just going to like sit here and follow the leaders. There, there were a couple people that had worked there the summer before that I was working with. And then I realized like I kept getting looked over like, oh, you just stay in the lab you just stay here we don't need you to do anything you can just stay here and I like I am too ambitious to be told to just be comfortable with what we gave you when you walked in the door like I was just not interested in sitting on a stool for eight hours a day in a lab and doing nothing else so it's like 
in my boss's face. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do? I finished all that stuff that you wanted me to do. What should I be doing? I want to learn. Like, I'm here to learn for eight months. Like, teach me everything yeah. that you can teach me. And then finally they broke after two weeks. <laughs> and like, like, okay, if you want to learn, we were going to get this other person to do this, but we'll let you do it because you seem like you want to. Slash, I was annoying the fuck out of them. Either way, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I but love like, that you had the confidence to do that. I yeah, think a lot is, of women would have just been like, okay you know yeah. stayed quiet yeah I don't know where that came from because I was probably like well not at my least confident but pretty pretty low on the confidence scale then but I just like my career was so important to me yeah. and I liked school so much that I wanted to be able to come back and be like I felt like I got like a like a worthwhile internship so I did that I got like shit on by a bunch of dudes like had someone to tell me that I should be cleaning instead of working, like had a guy tell me that my opinion didn't mean anything because I was a woman, like, and just like, didn't really register any of that until like weeks later. And I was like, oh, that was like a woman thing, not like a situational Mm -hmm. thing. So that was like shocking because, you know, like I never grew up thinking that my opinion wasn't mattering or that I was dumb or that I shouldn't go into a career in in engineering because I was a woman like that never Mm -hmm. even crossed my mind until I started working and reality set in so like just from the get-go like and even being I think it's just who I am as a person I'm very ambitious like I set out to do stuff and I don't care if it'll take me fucking 20 years I will get it done yeah and like I've like I signed myself up for dance classes when I was four years old. Like I will do what I need to do to get what I want. So that helps. But then also, yeah, like knowing that I'm going to get shut down just made it to the point where if I'm not able to be perfect at the job I'm doing so perfect that they can't let anyone else but me do it. So that's also like not a great thing to do because you should never be the only one that can do the job. But yeah I would I would do that a lot where no no you don't need to do that I can do it I am really good at it Mm -hmm. I'll just do it I would do that a lot but then also yeah being like taking on way too many projects like oh just let me do it just let me do it I wanted to work on a project like that let me do it even though I have five other projects and that guy over there is doing next to nothing because I've taken it's like the balancing (laughs) act of I'm taking work away from people, but they're also not asking for it back. So then I am like twirling a bunch of plates and we're both in trouble because I'm not getting the stuff done that I need to get done and they're not doing anything. So yeah, I just am too ambitious, I think, or not even it's that I'm too ambitious. I let my, or I let myself get confused with being ambitious enough to get the stuff that I want and overcompensating for being a woman or being new like I'm in a newer job I've only been working in this job for like five months just about five months and I find that I really have to be in constant contact with my boss and be like okay this is what I'm working on and this is what's on the back burner like I have to be really honest with her because everything's so important now it's not like I can quietly prioritize stuff or quietly work on stuff so that it's just done enough that if someone comes and asks I have an answer now everything yeah. is like 
important enough that I need to have an answer at any given moment. So I, it's been a learning curve on having seven things on the go isn't a great thing to try to do. And then yeah. also like have 14 things outside of work on the go that I'm always trying to keep up in the air isn't a good thing to do. Yeah, you're having to learn to prioritize. Yeah, and that's really hard for me. Yeah. I really rely on other people to prioritize. I'll tell, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And you tell me that this is more important than this, that's fine with me. Because in my head, everything's important. And then that makes everything not important to everyone else. Can you hear me now? Yeah, sorry. That was a, the biggest glitch. <laughs> we always have technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, we Wild. do. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Um, yeah, just because, okay, so you're, so Saturn in Aquarius in the 11th house, like there's so many different things that can come out with that. Like everyone with Saturn in Aquarius is learning um, to do things their own way um, and to develop their own connection to, to their authenticity. Like it's really about learning how to be okay with being different is the primary thing, but there's other stuff in there. Like Aquarius has a lot of other stuff going on with it, but for you having that intensified is really interesting to me because like the 11th house is really connected to our community and the way we are out in the world. And it's super connected to our like hopes and wishes in terms of the 11th house is really about who we wish to be and like who we're wanting to grow into. And so it sounds like you're kind of getting more clear on like who you are and what you want and you're allowing the rest of it to kind of go away or to, to float away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I just, yeah, this is so bizarre that like my Saturn return start officially started like two days into working from home. Yes. And I was like immediately like, holy fuck, like what the fuck am I supposed to be learning from this? Like I didn't understand at first. I was like, it should be over in a couple of weeks. Like it's not that bad here. And then you know, we're at this point where I'm most likely going to be working from home until July, August, September now. Like, yeah, like that really threw me off. Like the idea that I might not be able to be like, I'm more productive when I go to the place where I'm supposed to be productive, which is the office. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. especially like I'm living at my parents' house during this time. Like this house is where like, I grew up in the house where I like was a little shit and like stayed up all night watching reality TV rather than like doing anything else. So it's like all of the energies of me are like reconnecting right now. And it's, wow. it's hard to like, dis I'm, it's obviously that's maybe why I have three years or whatever to go through sad and return because it's like, there's a lot of stuff to unpack. And so the first thing was like, not being able to split my life into this is the productivity place where I do everything like I would do everything at work I would mm -hmm. you know order my clothes that I want to wear for work at work I would write Instagram posts about politics at work like everything that was I put in my productivity box happened at my desk yeah so not having a desk anymore has been like has been weird for me figuring out 
what's actually important. Like it's really shaken out my priorities. And we even feel that in our like professional environment, we've talked about it in multiple meetings, like, Oh, all this stuff that we said was so important. It needs to be done right now. And we need to have somebody on it. And then you get two weeks into a pandemic and you're like, Oh, that thing, we haven't even talked about it in a couple of weeks. So clearly it wasn't that important. That's good to know. Like, yeah. So it's just, that's what's been happening personally for me too. Like all this stuff that I wanted to like focus on this year, like, I don't know, more prep for like being really independent. Like I wanted to buy a house this year and I like wanted to like maybe get a pet this year to see how that would go and like just really shake out my independence even further. And now I'm living at my parents' house and my mom is cooking for me. (laughs) So Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly I was on the wrong path on that independence piece of like, I was even thinking like, maybe I should try to get a job in Calgary or maybe I should move to the States and like try and just like really get away from everyone and just rely on myself. And now Mm. it's like, you're like, my dad goes and gets my groceries and he like washed my car today. Like, yeah. Like on one hand, I'm like, operating at such a high level professionally where I'm like doing a lot of work and I'm doing it quickly and doing all this kind of stuff and then yeah turning around and daddy can you please go wash my car it's kind of dirty (laughs) from being on the gravel road (laughs) oh my gosh that's so wild yeah that's really interesting considering that the 11th house is connected to our knowledge that we are not fully independent ever that we were we are always connected to a larger greater whole and that we can't separate ourselves from other people so it's really interesting that for you that's what this pandemic is bringing up yeah that's how it yeah yeah I knew it was gonna be super community-based but I thought it was um finding a new community not re-entering <laughs> the community that I've I've always had like, yeah I've, I'm I've always been close to my family like really really close with my family but like being back in my hometown that's something like this is the longest I've lived here since I graduated from high school like so that's been weird and like over the year when I'm at my most stressed like the when I was most stressed out at work the only way that I could get through it was if worse comes to worse I can move back home and start working at the bank like, that was always my, like, if everything else fails, I know Quill Lake will cushion my fall. Right. And I don't even, like, this isn't cushioning my fall. I could live in Saskatoon, but my community piece would be completely missing. Like, I walk yeah. down the street here, I run into someone, I can say, hi, how are you doing? And in Saskatoon, I could do, I could potentially run into people that I know, but the chances are slim. slim. But here, yeah. it's like, I know... 85% of people that are living in this town and it's really mm-hmm. comforting and like even being able to like drive six miles south of town and sit on my grandma grandma's patio and like mm-hmm. talk to them or like walk by you know like our friend Christy's house and wave at them through the front yeah. window oh I want to do that so bad <laughs> just see Nora in the front window like, yeah. hi Mary oh that's so cute yeah my auntie margaret started doing that like even if we had like our blinds closed she would walk by and wave so like i'm gonna start doing that to like christy's house and like 
to my auntie maureen's house i'm gonna wait even if i don't know if anyone's there and it's like really cute <laughs> that is so cute that is i mean there is so much magic in small towns i know that you know you and i talk small towns a little bit sometimes but like there's so much magic to being home and to just like being in the place where you grew up where everybody knows you yeah there's like a really cool familiarity there yeah it'll be interesting for you though because the Aquarius Saturn return is is still about being an individual in terms of like having an authentic identity so it'll be like I don't know for sure but likely your challenge is going to be integrating this new you that you've become in the years that you've been away into like your community life there like not letting go of of who you've become while also still integrating back into Quillick yeah yeah I already feel that like <laughs> yeah the last time I lived here for any extended period of time I probably was like going through my first bout of depression that I didn't realize was depression like I all I did was sleep and watch Jersey Shore <laughs> and eat chocolate chips <laughs> and like didn't participate in the community anymore when I was leaving yeah. I was so ready to be gone and then the minute I was gone I was like oh I had it really nice back there and then just never really came back like yeah so I never reconciled that like I know yeah like there's always mixed stuff around mm -hmm. being in your hometown and like especially like yeah I'm my parents still have the house that I grew up in so it's just weird not associating the old stuff that I went through with this house like or yeah I like more so the house than the people I wouldn't say I'm struggling like being in the same house as my mom and dad or my sisters like the relationships are going like not not that I thought that they would be bad but I just was like oh we're probably gonna fight all the time like we're not used to being in each other's space all the time and last time we were in each other's space we fought all the fucking time like yeah fought with my mom fought with my dad fought with my sisters like so I, that's what I was expecting to like revert back to that kind of energy of oh you're mm. you're looking at me funny and I feel really insecure in myself so that you must be thinking horrible things about me so I'm gonna like lash out at you and yeah. I'm not gonna my big thing was just like not participating in <laughs> sorry no it's okay uh, Elizabeth and Catherine just came outside <laughs> they knew you were talking about them yeah they're going for their their walk of the day it's interesting too because don't like isn't there a lot of Aquarius and Leo energy in your family? Yeah, so like my sister Elizabeth and my dad are both Aquariuses. Elizabeth has a lot of Aquarius energy in her chart and also a lot of Leo chart. I was going to say she's got to have some Leo because she's yeah. a hella Leo human being. Yeah, and yes. then my mom has a bit of Leo in her chart too, which makes yeah. sense too. Yeah, and then, my dad is a lot of Aquarius, though. Yeah. And then Catherine has a lot of Sagittarius Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And Janet and mom are both, like, Cancer, pretty heavy on the Cancer. And uh, Janet's really heavy on Gemini. 
Right. Yeah. I love that you know all of your family's astrology. <laughs> this is what happens. Because you've been studying probably as long as I've been studying now, right? Because when I first started learning, you were one of the people that I was like, obsessively making you listen to me talk about astrology too. I think you were the only one that would actually listen, like, because I was so passionate about it, but everyone thought it was crazy. So it's just really cool seeing like how far your astrology knowledge has come to. Yeah. And especially considering it's like, yeah, like such a, a hobby like I like looking at it and I like talking about it but yeah you like that's your passion and for me it's just like I love understanding why I think people are the way they are like looking at someone's chart most of the time I'm like oh everything makes sense (laughs) yes and I I think that that can be so encouraging for people to hear because a lot of people think like that idea of being able to read a chart the way that you can now a lot of people think that that's not possible for them, but you don't have to be like living and breathing astrology in order for like the language to eventually make sense to you. Yeah, totally. You just need to pick apart, you know, pick away at it. Yeah, well, that's literally how I, there's still some stuff I'm like, oh, I don't remember what this means. And it's just a matter of like looking back at my notes from doing sessions with you and being like, oh yeah, now I remember. Okay, that's it. That's the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you loved about it. You know, if you decide to share any quotes or any parts of the interview, please make sure you tag myself and tag Mary. So her info is in the show notes at, um, so she's Mary in Blue 6 on Twitter and Mary Ingram 6 on Instagram. I would definitely recommend following her on Twitter because she is hilarious and shares, she shares the best stuff, especially if you're trying to keep up on politics. She is definitely somebody to follow on there. Uh, is there anything else that I need to tell you? No, other than that I love her, obviously, uh, and I know you guys will love her too. Stay tuned, we have some really cool stuff coming over the next couple of months, some great conversations and some new workshops, so I've got a lot of stuff baking for you all. Hope you have a great weekend and a happy solstice.